0: I want to put a little disclaimer before I get to my actual lesson today. Uh, a disclaimer is this. You might find some more things that I say this morning are a little silly or maybe a little humorous, whatever it may be. But there is a serious message here I hope that we can all get today. Uh, actually, I'm going to be calling out another family here today. Is a family that's uh, been around the brotherhoods, so gone to a lot of congregations. And I hate to tell you this, but they cause a lot of trouble, too. Just a lot of trouble. Uh, I got thinking about them several weeks ago when Chad was talking about the They family. Remember the They family? This family's related to them. And uh, in this family is a bunch of pew potatoes, too. I can tell you this their name is the Tater family. This is the Tater family. And I tell you that they, they can really cause uh, a bit of trouble in the church. Uh, let me introduce them. Uh, this, uh, this is Dictator and Commentator, and their children, Devastator, Spectator, Hesitator, Agitator, Imitator. And uh, not all of them are in the picture, but uh, that's some of them. And uh, Dick's mother lives with them. Her name's Meditator. And so uh, they, they're all a part of this family, and I just want to call them out today. We need to beware of them. Uh, let's, let's go on to Dictator here for a second. Well, You know, when I think about him, I think about a Scripture. It's in Third John, uh, beginning in verse 8. And John says this, "...we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth." And then he goes on to say, "...I wrote to the church, but the atrophies, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore if I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does." treading against us with malicious words, and not content with that he himself does not receive the brethren, and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. And so dictators kind of like this atrophies that we read about here that John talks about in this scripture. Uh, he's a person that when he speaks, he speaks with a lot of nonsense, and he also speaks with malicious words from time to time. He's a person that doesn't receive the brethren very well. And because of his attitude, I guess you could say, he's one that can put people out of the church just by his actions. I've talked to some people like that, and you know, really kind of shame on them. When when you visit someone, and say, you know, we've been missing you at the worship service, and, and just every once in a while I'll get someone to come along. Well, you know, I just can't get along with so and so over there. I just can't be in the same building with Well, that person, well, shame on them. We're here to worship God, not that person. But then again, sometimes there is that person out there, it's dictator, (laughs) that can stir up some things that it makes it very difficult to be around that person. Why would anyone want to be overbearing such as this? Notice verse 11 in John 3. He says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, But what is good? He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. John gives us a reminder to not imitate evil things. And, you know, dictator kind of is like that. He, He sets a bad example for us all. And we don't want to imitate those things, but we need to imitate the things that are of God, the good things that are in life. Well... Then there's his wife, commentator. When I think about her, I think about a scripture that's found in Matthew 23, verses 3 and 4. This is the scripture where Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, all throughout the chapter actually. But a couple of these verses, verse 3 and 4, he says this, Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe that observe and do, but do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Now, she's a little different from the scribes and Pharisees, being that they are male and she's female. But she does have... Some things that are like them. She is much like the scribes and the Pharisees in the days of Jesus. Because you see, they had no problem of criticizing others. They had no problem of criticizing their brethren, but they couldn't see past their own hypocrisy. And that was the problem of the scribes and Pharisees in that day and time. They would see things out there among them that need to be done, but they wouldn't take care of the things themselves. They were very good at telling others what they needed to do. But when it came time to do those things, they were no-shows. They wouldn't do the things that needed to be done. I had a talk with a commentator. <laughs> she was telling me about things that need to be done here at Fountainhead. And, and so she was thinking about that, and she pointed out that, that there are several of you out there that's not involved in things. And you know, you need to be, but the funny thing about it was, I kept asking myself, well, are you involved in anything? (laughs) You know, and come find out she's not, but yet she expects everyone else to be. She does make a good mate for her husband. We'll have to say that. Well, let's look at some of the children. This is their son, Devastator. He is a chip off the old block reminds me of a scripture over in Acts chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now Saul was consenting to his death, talking about Stephen's death. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles." And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. But then verse 3 is where I really think about this fellow. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Now again, there's some differences here with Devastator and Saul of Tarsus. Uh, Saul was trying to destroy the church from without. And this fellow here, he's one that was trying to destroy it from within. What makes me think of him is just the little phrase here that he makes havoc of the church, and that's what Devastator does, and that's what they have in common. What's his mo? Well, I I can tell you, um, he doesn't attend regularly. In fact, I'm looking at—I don't see Devastator out there today. He's not here today. Kind of like his mom, he, he talks about a lot of people here. He wants to complain about a lot of things. Uh, he complains about the eldership. He, he just doesn't have confidence in the eldership here. You guys can do better according to him. I tell you what, he's really hard on Chad. You should hear some of the things he said about Chad in his preaching. He probably doesn't like this lesson today either, <laughs> if he hears about it. It doesn't like to be talked about. But as I think about Devastator, he has in his own mind how things ought to be. And that's the way it should be, according to him. And he doesn't really think about that there's other ways of getting things done in the Lord's church. His mom and dad have trained him very well. Let's look at one of his sisters Her name is uh, Agitator. And the scripture that I think of when I think of her is found over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. This is where Paul told Timothy to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill the ministry. Agitator is the one that brings these fables into the church. She can be here at the worship service and she hears the preaching, she sings the songs with us, but somewhere along the way, and it's not from the Scriptures, she has an idea that we might ought to worship God in other ways. And there might be other ways to do things in the Lord's church that we cannot find the authority to do in the Word of God. But she wants to get these things done. So what she do? She'll find some, some of you out there. And she's going to start whispering to you a little bit. I think we ought to start doing this. What do you think about that? And then someone says, well, no, the Bible don't teach that. And so she's going to go, well, no, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. (laughs) So she'll find another person until she finds someone who goes, yeah, you know what, I, I kind of think that too. And so we find out this very quiet young lady. She can get about and eventually over time she can enlist and recruit and she can find some things, find some people that will agree with her to try to bring havoc into the church, just like her brother, of teaching things that are not so. This brings hardship on the elders, doesn't it? As these things happen, they've got to be mindful and watchful. we all got to be watchful. That's what Paul told Timothy, but you be watchful in all things. Because there are people that spread fables, they spread tales, and there's people that have itching ears that want to hear these things. And so we need to be watchful for that. Let's look at another one now. Here's another one of the brothers, Spectator. I, when I think about Spectator, I think about a scripture over in James chapter 2, and I think about verses 18 through 20. James says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, the faith without works is dead? Oh, and I look out there. Oh, I... spectators with us today. I see spectator out there in the audience. You know, he, his mother even talks about him because he's one of these people that, that doesn't do much. He's at every service. And I knew he would be here today. He'll be here tonight at 5 o'clock. He'll be here Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. But as far as anything else that's involved in the Lord's church, we may not see him. He may not be involved in those things. Now, if you talk to him, he'll tell you he gladly confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He believes that with all of his heart. But he just doesn't have much energy of getting out and doing the work of the church. You know him, he's a nice, easygoing guy. Everybody likes him, got a great personality. But you just can't see much effort in this person outside of of attending the services. I think he kind of got that from his grandmother, Meditator. We read about uh, her, or I think about her, when I read about Luke chapter fourteen, verses twenty eight through thirty, which says, Jesus says, For which of you intending to build a tower and does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and he is not able to finish, all who see it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. She's sitting out here among us too. Meditator and spectator, uh, they're just alike, really. Uh, I think that's where he got a lot of his habits. You know, I was visiting with a meditator the other day, And she has some big plans for the church. Good plans. She has some great ideas. They're scriptural. Some things that that need to be done and ought to be done. And one of these days, she's going to see about doing some of those things. (laughs) She's thinking about it a whole lot. And one day, these things might be able to be carried out. In fact, she was also talking about the elders. Unlike her parents... She thinks a lot of the eldership here. And she thinks that the eldership do, is doing a great job in leading this congregation. We're, we're pushing forward here as a congregation. We're seeking to save souls. We're planning an evangelism uh, workshop coming up in September. All kinds of great things are taking place from the congregation. And she thinks that these things are wonderful. And one of these days, she's going to get involved in the things that we're doing here. She's talking about the soul-sowers too. You know, that's something we've been doing. She said, you're right. I don't need to be a pew potato. (laughs) I need to be a soul-sower. And one of these days, I'm going to get out and start doing those things. Maybe she will someday. And I hope she does. And then we got another one of the daughters... This is imitator. You know, she's the one in the group. She isn't a pew potato. This young lady is a worker of the church. She reminds me of Ephesians 5, verse 1. Paul told the church at Ephesus, be imitators of God as dear children. Imitator is the bright spot of this family. I have to tell you that. She's out there among you too. I'm not going to point her out. I don't want to embarrass her. But she's out there. She, cause she's here at every service. She was here yesterday helping at the vacation Bible school. She's going to be here all of the services next week for the family rally. She has been very diligent in the soul sowers. She has called people, she has sent cards out, she has visited a few people. She's out talking to people about the hope that lies within her. She's all about doing the Lord's work. And, you know, I called her asking one of the elders the other day. I just haven't been standing nearby. She says, what else can I do? (laughs) Is there something else here that can be done to help the church grow? And that's what Imitator does. You know, I have never heard her speak against anybody either. She doesn't complain about anybody else here. She's not critical of anyone. She just strives to set the right example and she's just all about doing God's will. Here's one more son. This fellow's name, Hesitator. Reminds me of Acts 24, verse 25. I remember when Felix said to Paul, When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. That's Hesitator. Just like Philip. Felix, I should say. You know, I hate to say this, but I used to be a hesitator. I think about this, and, and a lot of you have been members here for a long time. You remember before Brother Chad was here as Brother Hearn. And, you know, I grew up down in Gallatin. Brother Hearn preached down there when I was a teenager. Young folks, we sat up here at the front too. Only difference was we had those theater seats instead of pews. So along about the second or third row, that's where all the young people would sit. And that's where we were. And I would sit right there among them. And I tell you what, for a long time, I knew that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. I knew that with all my heart. I knew that Jesus was crucified on the cross. I believed that. And I believed that He was resurrected three days later. I believed He ascended back into heaven. I believe Peter's plea on the day of Pentecost that we are to repent and be baptized for the remission of our sins. I believed every bit of that. And I knew it. And I knew the Bible was right. And Brother Hearn would be up here in the pulpit. And you know the kind of preaching you got from Brother Hearn if you attended here back in those days. We got the same thing years ago too. And he'd offer the invitation. And I knew what I needed to do. But instead, I just stood there. I can't even give you a reason why. I just stood there. Just stood there. I was a hesitator. Couldn't come forward. Then finally, one Wednesday evening, I just finally made up my mind. Enough of this. I'm not going to do this anymore. When, when the invitation is offered, I'm going to come forth and I'm going to be baptized into Christ. I didn't know this, but Brother Hearn was away that evening. Brother Bertrand Scherer offered the invitation. So Brother Scherer was the one that baptized me that evening. And I was very happy about that because I, I thought a lot of him too. He taught me a lot of things while I was a young man down at uh, the Southwater Congregation. I don't know what Felix was thinking. I don't know. He might have been thinking, you know, as a governor. I have too many other things to be concerned with. this, This matter of salvation, this matter of obedience. You know, when I get more time, I'll deal with it then. I'm just too important to think about matters such as this at this time. He may not have been thinking that at all. Really don't know. The Bible didn't tell us. Hesitator might have other reasons for not obeying the Gospel. And I know Hesitator's out there today, and so I'm talking to you. You know, if Hesitator doesn't believe that Jesus is God's Son, and if Hesitator is not willing to repent of his sins, he doesn't need to be baptized at this point. He needs more teaching. He needs to understand the will of God. But if he if he's ready to repent of his sins, and, and he knows that Jesus is the Son of God, He's willing to confess that. He needs to come forth this morning. He needs to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last night, got the phone call. Nathaniel, I hope I'm not embarrassing you. He says, no, good. I'm going to call him out a little bit. I didn't know who this person... He's, he's talking to me on the phone. I didn't even know who I'm talking to. But he couldn't wait any longer. He wasn't going to wait till today. He, last night. He wasn't going to be a hesitator. He wanted to be baptized into Christ. And I said, just as soon as we can get over the building and get this done, we'll get it done. And we took care of it last night. And that's, that's the way it ought to be. When we understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, we can't be like hesitator. We've got to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ because we don't know when this world is going to come to an end. We don't know when our life is going to come to an end. And Hesitator is going to find himself lost if he continues to be a Hesitator. Well, what about you? Are you a Hesitator? Can we call you that today? And if so, why don't we change your name? this morning. Why don't you come and confess the sweet name of Jesus? Why not be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. Why don't you come as we stand and sing?